beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning and welcome to Real Presence Live. We are so happy to be with you this morning. I'm one of your hosts, Brad Gray, and I'm joined by... And I'm Janine Pitson. Yes. yes, and it's a glorious morning out there, Brad. It is, yeah. we were I, As I was coming in, there's just a slight touch of rain, which I am delighted about. We just are in desperate need, I think, in our area right now. Yeah, yeah. And the nice thing about the rain that we got, it wasn't a deluge. It was just like a refreshing morning mm-hmm. rain where, you know, the, when as I was driving here... The rays of the sun shining through the clouds. It was just so glorious. Yeah. It was really beautiful. I love, uh, the Lord comes in these times of refreshment, right? When we need Him, right? And they can be in the midst of, of times that are dry and, and um, seemingly barren. But I mean, uh, yeah, at the same time, there's a, there's a real beauty and a fruitfulness. I don't know. I just love, I love summer. I, I, I live up in an area where it seems like the entirety of the year is, is winter. Um, and I survive it, but uh, this is this is the time of year that I just I delight in because of the the life that's just bursting out everywhere. And and with that, Brad, let's begin in a prayer, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh-huh. Lord God, you are the giver of all life. Every single soul in this world has been created by you. You don't create the suffering that we endure in our lives but you allow a free will to reign, to happen, I should say. But when we draw close to you in our suffering, when we draw close to you in the beauty that you give us every day, we can make more sense of that suffering. So we ask you, Lord God, that you strengthen our families, that you help our families to grow in holiness, but you help us to share your joy, the gifts that you've given us with those family members that aren't seeing that right now, that you give us the patience, the kindness, the thoughtfulness, but most of all, you give us the ability to pray and ask you for your help. As St. Ambrose said, talk less to your son or your daughter about God and talk to God more about your son or your daughter. That we understand that it is you who converts, that it is you who saves, that it is you who gives us life. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Amen. Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. That was beautiful, Janine. Thank you so much. Thank um, you. I, I really, I don't know, I'm moved by the, by the way that the Lord led you into uh, this kind of uh, plea with regard to suffering, because I mean, this is this is a reality that that touches every every one of our lives regularly. Um, you know, and there are all kinds of different ways of suffering. There, you know, we um, I guess one very benign way that we have is our first guest. We had a scheduling conflict with Johan X, um, and so we're going to be working to get him on at a future date here on Real Presence Live. Um, but it just kind of brings to mind this fact that there are all these different ways that we encounter disappointment, that we encounter suffering, that we encounter trials in this life. And 
You know what? As, as Catholics, you can sometimes feel kind of alone in that, right? You can feel like, I don't know what to do here. I don't know what the answer is. I don't, know, I don't have a solution for this. And, um, and the Lord seems like he holds back, right? And, and so the challenge is, like, how do, we, how do we press into that and allow him to love us in the midst of these times, whereas we, we've got no answers. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been dealing with a thing with, uh, with our son, Elijah, our 12-year-old now for, well, really since last November, where he's just had intense abdominal pains and we haven't been able to, to find much for answers for that. He's missed a lot of school. There's, it's often that he can't go to Mass on Sunday. Um, and so it, it, it is one of those things where you just, you're left um, kind of crying out, you know, what do I do, God? What do I do? The answers are are so elusive. And, you know, it was a, I don't know, we, I guess a beautiful, uh, graced time uh, yesterday. We have a group of, of guys, of dads, at the diocesan offices that will get together once a month, and we have our diocesan dads group to talk about how do we grow as men of God, as, as husbands, as fathers, um, as workers in the vineyard. And we were kind of coming on this topic of, of suffering, um, and, you know, what that's like when it seems like God isn't there. And ultimately, He is there. We know that. You know, we've, we've probably all seen that little poem about the two f- sets of footprints yeah. in the sand. Um, and how, at times, when it's really rough and rocky, there's just one f- set of footprints. And the guy looks back, and the poet looks back and says, God, where were you at those times? And he says, I, those are the times I was carrying you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, I was sharing with the guys how I've been reflecting on this a couple days ago. And how I think, I know it's my tendency, and I think there are many people that share this, that, that there are a lot of times where you kind of cry out and you wish, God, why, why don't you remove this? Why don't you take this away? You know, are, are you really loving? Are you really there? Um, and I was just kind of struck with this realization that if God's only solution was to remove suffering when we encountered it, then there's still this whole realm that he's not Lord of. Mm-hmm. Because he can't seem to enter into that and, and conquer it from inside. Yeah. It's just like, nope, that's just a place that's not mine. We don't go there. You know? and, and he wants lordship over everything. He wants to enter into all these uh, seemingly answerless issues that we battle over and over again and just to communicate and to show, I'm here. I'm here. You're safe. You know? Yeah. Well, that's, thanks for sharing that, Brad. I mean, that's... Uh... It's so difficult when our little ones are hurting, you know, as parents, Mm -hmm. you being a father, of course, me being a mom of four, um, when our kids hurt, we hurt, Mm -hmm. you know, it's really, really difficult. And whether that's a physical ailment or a spiritual ailment, um, emotional, you know, it it does, It, uh, it cuts us, it cuts us very deeply. And yet, it's something that I feel a lot of times when I'm on my knees, <laughs> that's when um, you have more peace and you have more comfort through it all. Because all of this stuff is so temporal, right? But it doesn't feel like that right, no. when you're in the midst of it. No, it's real. I mean, that's the, that's the grapple, right? That's the, the struggle is that we're dealing with real things that are really important. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like these are just insignificant, unimportant things. These are right. real things that we're, you know, we're entrusted, in my case, um, we're entrusted with the well-being of, of this young man, and we love him, mm-hmm. you know, and you, you hate seeing someone suffer. Um, and, and yet there is, by God's 
mysterious sovereign uh, power and his wisdom, there is something so worth having right. in it that he won't deprive us of that by just by kind of steering us around that forest. You know what I mean? Right. Like there's a wisdom that I, I believe in my life through suffering that I've, I've gone through, you know, intense suffering, that there's a wisdom that I gained that I would not have, have um, would not be a part of me now were I, were I not to have gone through that. And I see that in my son too. I see mm-hmm. that there's something, there's, he's a galvanizing thing. And at the times, you know, there's kind of breakdowns and, and, and struggles and all that. Um, but somehow God is, he actually, I mean, it sounds so trite and cliche that God is bigger than all this, but he really, really, really is, you know? Yeah, and, that, and that's what we need to remember. I mean, I think that um, humbleness and humility and above all, trust, mm are probably the trifecta of difficulty, mm. you know what I mean? But they're, they're not possible without God, mm-hmm. you know? And, and we need to allow God to enter into those things. Um, our, our struggle that John and I are going through right now um, doesn't compare to, you know, what you're going through with the physical ailment of mm. your son. Um, but it is a, a, a spiritual battle that's going on in our family Mm. our our daughter just got married saturday night congratulations incredible incredible uh beautiful uh sacrament of marriage it was absolutely um beautiful and we're just so happy for them and they Mm. got married on the feast of saint mary major the feast of our lady of snows and then about 2 30 in the morning on monday night we received a picture of them at St. Mary Major wow, in cool. Rome. So how cool is that? They are going on their honeymoon in Rome. And uh, they're both, you know, very beautiful, holy people. And the celebration was fantastic. Um, in, in four weeks, we have our other daughter getting married. And um, she's also a beautiful soul. Mm. Mm-hmm. But she's struggling because she's been hurt by people in the Catholic Church, and she's not at a maturity level to understand it's not the people mm-hmm. in the church that matter. You know, it's it's our faith, mm-hmm. right? But that hurt and that pain has caused her to search elsewhere for for people who are loving and accepting of her. And so that's a real cross that many of our listeners have um, had. And so, you know, my husband and I aren't alone. Um, And and even uh, her fiancé was like, oh, well, if so-and-so was the priest in this town, we'd really, he loves him, you Mm. know. So I know there's this window of hope, Mm -hmm. you know. There's this window that, you know, we have. um, And yet when there's been um, very rigid response um, from siblings, um, it's pushed away and caused more rupture than healing. And so, you know, it's how do John and I navigate that? And so we've been on spiritual direction uh, down with the Dominicans in Florida, help us through it. And that was so helpful. Mm, I felt like the plane could have dropped out of the sky when we flew home and I was right with God. You know, it was really, really beautiful. Um, ironically, my, um, 
new son-in-law, his parents went through the same thing this last really? year without me knowing wow. about it. Um, and they had their son get married a week before. Is that right? Yeah. So I thought two weddings in five weeks was crazy. <laughs> well, they had two weddings in one week. Oh my goodness. And, um, but the most beautiful, beautiful family. And I feel our family is the same, so beautiful and yeah. so close. And so mom had pulled me aside and chatted with me about her pain, um, much the pain that I've endured the last year. And she said, our family is so close. And that's the hard part. Sure, yeah. Is that um, that, that concern of parents losing that beauty of the closeness of the family. Mm. So anyway, um, it was a beautiful weekend and much to celebrate. And, and um, you know, we're not alone. Yeah. And God's in the thick of all of it. And we trust in that. I think that's such an important point, Janine, uh, is that uh, oftentimes God communicates that we're not alone. Sometimes he does that when we're in prayer and he just gives us a sense of closeness. Or uh, there'll be a, you know, we're sitting in mass and the scripture readings are exactly what we need to hear. Or just we'll come across this or that thing that that God's saying, you know, I'm here. But oftentimes it's also just people that kind of randomly come into our lives like, uh, you know, your your daughter's new in-laws, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, that God has, he's known the narrative of your lives from the dawn of time, Um and be, before, you know, um, and he's aligned the two of you together just as a way of very concretely saying, I'm here, I'm speaking through this person's voice, through this person's heart, and I'm, I'm communicating my love, my care, my concern, my closeness to you, mm -hmm. because I'm, I'm sending this person to you. And it's just, I think those are, those are such incredibly powerful ways that God communicates, you know, kind of outside of the realm of prayer, so to speak but very, very concretely and very powerfully. Yeah, yeah. And it was always, you know, I can't feel more joy for one daughter over another. Right. I just can't, you know, as a mom. And yeah. mom's out there, you guys know this. And so how beautiful it was, um, obviously, it's not sacramental. And mm -hmm. obviously, we wish it were to be. But we do have two baptized Christians getting married together mm -hmm. that can, you know, be convalidated. And I really, truly feel that is going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I really, I believe that. Well, I, I want to honor your, your sorrow. And like you said, I know that there are many out there that, ha that share with you in this, in this same pain. Uh, we do want to come, we're going to take, take a quick break, but I want to I speak on the other side about how there really is joy and glory and victory in all of this as well. So stay Amen. with us for more Real Presence Live right after this. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. For centuries, healthcare has been central to the healing ministry of the church. Today's technologies offer exciting possibilities, but also serious moral questions. More than ever, we need healthcare leaders who serve with integrity and conviction. The University of Mary answers the call to prepare leaders anchored in moral courage in a breathtaking range of programs from bioethics to nursing. Visit catholicprofessional.life. This is Lavinia Spirit. 
a Topher Catholic Way Bible study. In Mark chapter 4, Jesus crosses the Sea of Galilee with his disciples and quickly falls asleep, even as their boat is amidst a huge, life-threatening storm. The text says that the sea was literally shaking like an earthquake. Imagine the disciples' fear as they awake their master saying, Master! Do you not care that we perish? Note that they wouldn't have been in this dangerous situation if they had not gotten in the boat to begin with. They are committed, no matter how big the storm. After setting sail in his boat of radical missionary discipleship, it can often seem that God is asleep or uncaring when we are troubled by the storms of life. The good news is that he is in fact always there and always ready to calm the storm when the time is right. Sometimes the storms are there to show us our total dependence on Him and not on ourselves. Jesus, we trust in you. Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace, power, purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. Did you know you can listen to the RPR Network when you're on the go? Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts, including our signature show, Real Presence Live. The Real Presence Radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. Download it today and see what you've been missing. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. This is Brad Gray and Janine Bitson here. Right during the first segment, uh, Janine and I were sharing a little bit uh, about some of the struggles that we've been encountering, honestly. Um, some of the ways that, that I guess, God has, has um, brought us onto His cross with Him. And, you know, this is something that, that every single person that's ever lived can, can relate to. Like, we're, there's no escaping this. Um, and it can feel very, very difficult, and sometimes you're just, like, grasping for a reason for why and how do we go forward. Um, but I want to say that there is something, there's a counterpoint here that's far greater. And that is that in all of the suffering, I mean, this is my con- conviction, that the only reason that God has allowed suffering for any of us is because our capacity for joy and our capacity for love is so small. And there's only one way to stretch us so that we can truly receive the joy the glory, the love, live out that love that, that we're made for. And, and that's through the crucible of suffering. Mm-hmm. You know, that, like, the only, this is, sometimes I personally am challenged to think, God, really, are you a loving father? Are you really a loving father? Where are you right now? Um, and I know it intellectually. I know it in my head. I'm absolutely convinced of it in my head. I can't, I can't run away from the truth. There's, there's nothing else like, I've had conversations with family members where I'm like, look, I know that either the, the faith is true or nothing is true. Like, I'm, I've become convinced enough of this, and yet, it feels like I'm somehow outside of it all, right? But when I sit with him, and when I, when I allow that truth to saturate my heart, and, and um, plead with him to bring it from my brain to my heart, um, I... I begin to discover there's something so incredibly worth having here. Um, I, I remember having a, a really, really powerful prayer time uh, years back. You know, I've mentioned before that I've gone through divorce and annulment myself. And when I was in the midst of that process, I'd, 
I'd go to adoration sometimes two, three hours a night just to sit there and be loved by the Lord. And I remember uh, having this, this scripture passage. I, I would just kind of read progressively through the, the scriptures, and I was at a point in, in Matthew's gospel where I'd come across you know, the, the Pharisees asking Jesus, um, you know, we fast and John's disciples fast. Why don't you fast? You and your apostles fast. And, um, and Jesus had talked about how you know, the, the friends of the bridegroom can't fast while the bridegroom's with them, but when the bridegroom's taken away, they will fast. And I'm like, okay, well, that makes sense. And then he goes on to talk about how one does not pour new wine into old wineskins and sew a new patch onto um, an old, old cloth. And lest the, the skins burst and both wine and, and skins be lost and so on. And like, what does that even have to do with their question, Jesus? <laughs> like, like, <laughs> the, where's this coming from? And I just, I'm, I'm sitting with it for a while. I'm like, I, I got nothing. I, I don't know what that is. And so I just left it off to the side. The next night I came back. And as soon as I walked in there, um, I felt like the Lord was telling me uh, to take up the scriptures and to read again. And so I went back to the passage I just read. And I'm in the midst of this, this time of utter desolation, of, of kind of having everything I love and care about stripped away from me. And I, instantly, as I read through it again, I felt the Lord saying to me, I need to remake you. I have, I have something so precious and so good to give to you. But if I give it to you now, you'll just lose it. Mm-hmm. You don't have the capacity to hold it. I need to remake you first. And I think that's the thing that, for me anyway, has been so such a touch point in the midst of sorrow is like the only reason he's allowing this is because he has something beyond price, something infinitely valuable and desirable that he wants to share with me, to share with my son, to share with, you know, your daughter, with, with your family. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we don't, I don't have the capacity to hold it right now. And so I have to, he has to remake me and I have to be pliable in his hands then. I can't resist. I can't say, like, no, not this way, Lord. Not mm-hmm. this way. Like, um, and it is, it is such a death. It is such a death because you're so utterly powerless and helpless yeah. and oftentimes hopeless. You know, but, but we know with certitude that the end of it is glorious. Mm-hmm. Okay? And, and, and Brad, that, that is so beautiful with the correlation that you gave to Scripture because even for me, it's like, you know, it does make you, not, I've, I don't question my Catholic faith. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just like, to me, nothing that's greater yeah. or more beautiful, you know. And I know God is present in this. I know that he is. And yet, when your family is like everything to mm-hmm. you, you know, I think God is almost allowing me to see that. Yeah, your family's everything to you, but I need me to be more than mm. your family to you. And they're not in conflict, really. I mean, like, no. like we don't love our family better by loving God less, Exactly. Right? You're so, so right. And yet, in the same token, I need to allow this suffering in our family to just go in God's course, mm-hmm. you know? Like, He has great purpose for it, mm-hmm. and I need to trust in that. And that word, we've talked about this several times on radio, trust is the mm-hmm. hardest word mm-hmm. in the, the English language when you put it into the spiritual context. Mm-hmm. It's just very, very difficult. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. I find myself at Mass gazing on the cross, 
saying that repeatedly, 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 you know, and, and it is just so important. And yet I know how beautiful every single one of my children are, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, and those that are making decisions certain ways, they're doing it, you know, with, with right reasons and right conscience. So I'm not, I'm not criticizing them, but a, kind of a funny story, you know, to bring kind of some of God's sense of humor in it. Um, so at our daughter's extremely Catholic, beautiful wedding and, and uh, just stunningly gorgeous in every way, uh, very beautiful. Um, we have family members behind us who are in a different diocese and, you know, there are different leadership and philosophy that comes into the mix. And, um, and then I, I overheard one of our guests say, man, are they strict here? <laughs> and I was just like trying to keep a straight face because our daughter wasn't e- and her, her husband weren't even allowed to be on the altar at this mm, mass. Mm. And that's just like not usual, even sure. in the Fargo Diocese. Yeah. We've been to several weddings this summer and they were, the bride and groom were up on the altar. Um, so it was, it was that strict, mm-hmm. you know. And, um, and so anyway, then I... I hear their spouse say, shh, and your little C, their big C. <laughs> and then I'm like going, okay, what's wrong with this picture? You know, we're all Catholics yeah. in our family. We're all on this road to pilgrimage together. There isn't one that's more special than no. another in God's eyes. And yet our guests at our daughter's wedding were being made to feel less than Catholic. Mm. And so we need to be very cautious in that. And I think that's part of this cross that my husband and I are mm-hmm. going through. I think that's what he has charged us with. Uh, because I've told you before, I'm a mutt, you know, mm. My grandpa was Methodist. My other grandpa and grandma, they were Southern Baptist. I have a Mahoney in the family who's buried in a Southern Baptist cemetery mm. in Birmingham. Well, obviously, that Irish Mahoney wasn't always <laughs> right, Southern yeah, Baptist, yeah, right. right? So there's, there's a lot of this that goes on in our families where we transition from one to another a lot of times based on the person we fall in love with. Mm-hmm. You know, John and I just happened to be Catholic, but I didn't fall in love with yes. him because he was Catholic. Right. You know, I mean, bonus points, he was, but our journey together didn't start that way. And yet, I look at the most beautiful family that we have, and, and yes, our Catholic faith was a big part of it, but we need to be careful Mm-hmm. And God's family, because He created every single soul, yeah, yeah. and His timing is perfect. And I think that's what I'm learning through this cross: is His timing is perfect. And my dad, who went to a Seventh Day Adventist parochial school, who grew up Southern Baptist, who fought against becoming Catholic, but my mom, the Irish Catholic one in that <laughs> department, um, I didn't have him growing up Catholic with me. Hmm. But when I came back from Rome after um, our pilgrimage there, he couldn't wait to see. Now the priest at their parish sends RCA candidates to talk to Jim about the Catholic Church. Oh, is that right? Because he has come full circle. It just It's God's timing. Yeah, yeah. It's God's timing. And it is a gift. I mean, this, sometimes we can kind of delude ourselves into thinking that I've somehow earned this, like I've earned my Catholic badge, right? Or and, somehow we think we're the reason 
that that person has come to know mm-hmm. the faith. Yeah. And it's not. It's God. Mm-hmm. God and God alone. And that's what we have to remember. Yeah, and, and, and also it calls us, it summons us into a profound sense of gratitude. Like the gift that we have in our Catholic faith is yes. inexpressible. It's, it is. It's unspeakable. And we have received it. I haven't, I haven't climbed Mount Everest in order to become Catholic. I haven't done any great feats. I was, I was born into it. And even if I, you know, I work with RCIA, there are all kinds of people that come into the church and they go through the process. Those people aren't, um, they don't have more, more merit to kind of claim it, beating their chest and saying, yeah, I did this. Uh, it, is, it is God's grace that right. wins us over, right. every one of us. And so that's where, you know, it, it does demand a posture of humility, but also a posture of, of gratitude, profound, deep and profound gratitude and, and hope, you know, confidence, whether it be for your daughter and, and her uh, husband-to-be or, you know, any of those in our families that are struggling, those that we care about that don't share this, like our hearts beat for them because God's does, because their father's does. And he wants them more than he does. And he's the one who's constantly seeking them out. And he, he engages us in that process, thanks, thanks be to him. <laughs> and, and he's constantly seeking me because personally, yeah. as I thought about yep. the big C, little C, you know, chuckle behind me in the pew, um, I'm a little C. Yeah. I have so much that I need to learn yet. Amen. I need, have so much I need to grow closer. And it's a personal relationship that I have with God. And, and that's how I make sense of this suffering. Because there was despair. Mm-hmm. There was. I mean, like, but it was, it's all back to Peter. But Jesus, where would I go? Yes. You have the words of everlasting life. You are the truth. Yes. You know, and, and so it's like, this is my home. I just need to grow more.